Welcome to Practical Access. I'm Lisa Deeker. And I'm Rebecca Hines. And Lisa, I know that today's guest is bringing us not only some of the summer fun ideas, uh, but also a, an area that I think is pretty interesting. And I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing from her. We're excited today to have with us Andrea Piazza, who is a uh, inclusive impact therapist and runs uh, multiple roles. So we're going to let her talk about that as we go along. But we're super excited to have, and she's also a UCF Knight, go Knights, uh, and graduated from the master's program. It is our first time to have the chance to hang out with you, but we're really excited to have that opportunity. So I'm going to kick off with the first question, and my question would simply be, what is it that you see most needed in all the work you do with counseling mental health that would be helpful for your child to have a fun summer? What are some things you'd suggest to families to say, you know what, to have summer fun, keep in mind blank. What would you tell me if I were a parent? Hmm, that's such a great question. I think I would start with to have summer fun, having a plan. So I think a, knowing your resources. So to the best of your ability, like do some research, find out what's out there and really develop a plan. I think what I see a lot with my patients and with families that I work with is kind of like, I want to do something. I want to do something. I want to do something, but it's so hard to sit down and actually make that plan. And the more you can kind of box yourself in or schedule time specifically to just like push yourself through that planning, which is extra anxiety inducing when you have a loved one with special needs and like it can be really overwhelming. And then you start to think of all the times that things went wrong, but just sit down, make that plan. And the more you know that everything is going to be okay and that you have kind of the nitty gritty worked out, the more you're going to have fun and the more you can look forward to things. So what's the one thing you'd recommend that go like of all the things you've seen families stress, what would be the one, like put this on your plan first? What's, what's the thing that you've seen most helpful to put on that plan? If you have some thoughts there. Typically, it comes down to accessibility. So is this thing I want to do going to be accommodating and accessible for my loved one, depending on the disability or the special need that they live with? Like, what do I need to know about this space to know that I can go there and function? And if something does go wrong, that it's all going to be okay. Great. That's some great advice. And uh, yeah. as a parent of a kid with Tourette's, I wish you'd have given me that advice because, you know, you make an assumption that everywhere you go is okay. And then you're like, wow. The movie theater in the dark, not making any sound check, not a good idea, but we went anyway, you know? So now what do you do when it starts to fall apart? So I love that, that planning in advance. Thank you. Some great, great suggestions, Andrea. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a great point uh, as spending many years of, you know, forcing people to be inclusive of, you know, someone with significant physical disabilities, you know, it's a, it's a struggle and it's certainly helpful to know who already embraces a, a diverse audience. It makes it a lot easier on us. Um, I wanted to ask you, Andrea, I, I, this idea of, you know, inclusive impact therapy. So, so moving a little bit just for a moment, because I find that fascinating. Can you tell us a little bit about, about what that means and the types of things that you do? Sure. So my whole mission, just as a human in this world is to really inform a more inclusive culture and to teach and promote just how kindness fuels your life and kindness makes you, you know, wealthy in your own way. And it makes your life rich and just joyous. 
And inclusive impact really speaks to that for me. Both of my um, LLCs are inclusive impact something. (laughs) So I have inclusive impact initiative and I have inclusive impact therapy. However, speaking more specific to inclusive impact therapy, I want to inform that inclusive culture creates spaces for everybody and anybody. And I want through creating that inclusive culture to have a positive impact on their life and specifically their mental health in that realm. So how does creating space for anybody non-judgmental, unconditional positive regard, which just means like you always appreciate them. You always think they're a fabulous person, client, whoever, patient, make their life easier, help them build their own confidence and help them see the world in like a more hopeful, healthy way. Yeah. And I know, I know on on your website, you know, you mentioned all the different populations that you take into consideration and, and also specifically individuals with special needs. Um, and you talk about providing some emotional and creative therapies. Is this something that you guys directly offer or do you train people to create these kind of things or do you help families find them? I'm curious how that looks. That's a very much yes to all of the above. So I have my bachelor's of fine arts in dance and do incorporate dance and visual art therapies throughout my work with any patient. And oftentimes, especially my patients who have special needs, because maybe words just aren't their language. Maybe art is their language, or maybe they need to move to think. So I always want to be creating opportunities for that. And if I can really find something that works for them, I want that to become woven through the fabric of the rest of their life. So getting them connected with resources, say maybe Chance to Dance Incorporated, which is local to the Central Florida area, or Joyful Music, and making it more and more of just a regular part of their day, a regular part of their week. You know, I think that that I love that and that everything that you're about is is about not just the the mental part, but you can have more fun when you feel good and you're accepted. And one of the things that that I'm always curious about, I'm a big believer that people with disabilities should have the as many opportunities as to give as they do to receive help. And so I'm curious in some of your work in inclusive therapy or in the dance, or I know you have a, a big summit coming up. What have you seen to be pathways and design to make sure individuals with disabilities not only get services, but get some chances to give back? What are some thoughts that you might have seen as a counselor that you or families have suggested to say, yeah, you've got something to give to in life? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a big believer in just integration. Um, and really having individuals of all abilities exist in the same space and learn and know and be confident in how to support one another and how to provide support. So with inclusive impact therapy and even discovery behavioral health, for a lot of my patients who have had who have special needs and have graduated or completed the program successfully, whether that's through me or the larger company that I work for, I'll have them come back and be speakers, I'll have them volunteer and really help them channel that leadership and that motivation. And oftentimes that like activism that they have in them to give it back to the community. Um, At the summit lounge, we are going to have individuals with special needs who are helping and volunteering and supporting that process and also informing the design of the space so that it's not just coming from a neurotypical person with the expectations that it's going to work for everybody, but it's truly been a collaborative effort between the community and the designers, which will be Nicole Warren and myself. I, I love that idea. And I hope that I hope that teachers and parents both will take that 
um, take that tip and start including, you know, including the people that we are working with, living with, et cetera, in the design of their space. I think that's a great, a great point. Um, I know also that, that you um, have, have worked with different telehealth um, types of services. And so I'm just wondering, because I know our audience is not just from central Florida, but obviously you, you have a, a much uh, more broad reach. So what, what kind of things do you, do you offer or are offered in general that people might look into? Sure. So I'm a telehealth program designer. That's just kind of what I've labeled it for Discovery Behavioral Health. My official title is the Director of Virtual Programming. And what I would say is not all telehealth programs are accessible. Not all telehealth programs have an individual with special needs in mind. And creating and kind of recreating the curriculum that we have for our program at Discovery Behavioral Health, accessibility has been a number one priority. And training our therapists on how to be inclusive and be accommodating and create accessible groups, accessible individual sessions is kind of at the cornerstone of everything we're doing. Um, There's really no training for therapists in school to work with individuals with special needs whatsoever. The only reason I got that experience is a mentor from UCF and I had the opportunity to provide counseling services to the inclusive education students um, who are attending UCF and earning their bachelor's degrees and I provided free services there. But without those very unique and very rare opportunities, People just don't have the confidence or the competence to really be providing that care. So having a leader who has that sort of focus in the telehealth organization, I think is critical. And then just asking them very directly, like telehealth might be a really great option for my loved one. What do you guys have? What have you done to make sure this is accessible? And any telehealth program that's not willing to answer that is probably not an accessible one. Love it. Great, thanks. And my last question for you would be, I know you mentioned something about a book. Tell us a little more about this children's book and maybe how that might be a fun summer read for someone. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I don't know why I didn't start with that. So uh, Nicole Warren and I wrote and published Peter Pan and Everland, which is an inclusive retelling of Peter Pan. So we know and love that story. And then we have layered and just modern fun and a lot of really great information about autism spectrum disorder, cerebral palsy, and the stories of individuals with special needs. Uh, We did collaborate and get a lot of feedback from the community before publishing the book. It's on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble. If you Google it, it'll come up, but it's super fun. And I would love if you guys would get it. Great. Well, thank you, Andrea. Pleasure to meet you. Yes, some really fun ideas for our listeners, and we thank you so much. So uh, if you have further questions for us, you can tweet us at Access Practical, or you can send us a post on Facebook, and we'll be certain to link uh, your book and the links to your work out on on our podcast. Thank you so much, Andrea. We really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks.